Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9. With fuel prices increasing rapidly, rent, house prices continuing to rise, other cost of living pressures all going up. Let's face it, many Tasmanians are really struggling to get by. Premier Peter Gutwin is set to deliver the state budget in just over two months' time and Unions Tasmania is calling for action to help improve things for Tasmanian workers. I want to find out more. Secretary of Unions Tasmania, Jessica Monday, Monday joins me live on the line now. Jessica, good morning. I do thank you for your time. Morning, Mike. Thanks for having me. Look, I, I think we hear a lot from our state government about all the things they're doing or that these cost of living struggles are out of their hands, but there is more that could be done to improve things, isn't there? Absolutely. Look, I, you know, our members are telling us that cost of living is top of their list, um, which is probably similar to what a lot of your listeners are, are telling you. And we often hear uh, excuses from politicians about global forces or market forces or, or other things. Mm. And there are a range of factors, but actually when it comes to job security and wages, there's quite a lot that governments can do. They just have to choose to do that. Well, when you mention the words job security, tell us about insecure work. What I was reading, I mean, very interesting. What exactly constitutes insecure work? Yeah, so look, I think in the past, um, in years gone by, people have thought of insecure work as, you know, typical casual work, you know, the Christmas casuals or the the casuals that come into a workplace uh, to deal with peaks and troughs that they're always going to be needed. But we have seen an absolute explosion in insecure work and the different types of ways workers can be exploited or not offered permanent jobs. And it's not just those casuals anymore doing short-term work. We're seeing working people uh, being only offered casual jobs for even though they're working yeah. full-time hours and even though the work continues. We've got the gig economy and we're told that some sort of innovation but men, much of that is just apps that, um, you know, manage people away from minimum wages. We've got lots of workers on fixed-term contracts that, you know, roll over every few months but are not being offered permanent jobs. This is amazing. Im- sorry, Jesse, this is amazing impact on businesses. Absolutely. Um, because I think one of the foundation things that people need um, is a secure job. Right to you know, as a foundation for your family or your life, you need to know that you've got money coming in. And if you don't know that, you withhold your discretionary spending. You withhold what you put into local businesses uh, because you don't know that this week you might get four shifts and next week you might get one. And that is not a way to help us recover uh, from mm. COVID, particularly the recent reopening um, when we saw you know, people retreat to, you know, back into to their homes a bit and, and away from business. Well, we want them to be out there spending in local businesses. So we think secure jobs are actually good for workers and good for the economy. Oh, I think so. I mean, let's face it, just not just businesses are being impacted, but insecure work has got to also affect workers trying to access housing, Jess. Yeah, look, we all know Major the problems, concern. don't we, that we're seeing. Huge concern. Imagine if you are an insecure worker and you're competing for a rental against, you know, the hundreds of people that compete for one rental these days and it comes down to you or someone with a permanent job. We know who the landlord is going to pick and that does it. And for some workers, 
well, for anyone that misses out on housing, it is you know a, a fundamental human right that everyone should have. But imagine if you are a worker who is in that fake, what I call fake casual arrangement, where you're actually working full-time hours and you're getting them every week, but you don't have the security and you're missing out on things like housing and loans. That is deeply unfair and that is not... I don't think being a country of the fair go. I know unions Tasmania has said that showed casual workers ended up disempowered in the community in the housing market because they didn't have the income security. I mean, how do they avoid homelessness? I think that's a question that lots of people in Tasmania are asking themselves at the moment. And I think housing is another yeah. and should be another priority area for both levels of government. But we can't pretend like the the job security crisis and the wages crisis are divorced from these other issues like housing and like health because, you know, people need the very basics and they need secure, stable income. The, the, the submission said Tasmania had the nation's highest rate of casual employment. I was reading at 26.6%. A lot of these casual workers are very young Tasmanians. Yeah, look, and there's a, there's a young cohort. There's cohorts in certain industries where um, casual employment is higher. But I also think we need to um, remember that it does actually, at those numbers, at nearly a quarter of the workforce or over a quarter of the workforce in casual employment, that's not just the kids that are earning some extra money and getting some work experience in high school. That's families, that's mums, dads older people, you know, people trying to build their lives, start their families that are, are struggling with insecure work and to, to build that life here. What, uh, I, I do read data a lot and I couldn't believe it when I read homelessness data showed the biggest group of Tasmanians seeking homelessness services were young women aged 18 to 34. It, it's heartbreaking statistics and we know... So 18 got, to 34. I know, I know. It, it's, it is absolutely, like the government should be looking at this and saying this is not something that, that we abide by and it wouldn't have been this level of homelessness we wouldn't have seen in decades gone by. So what have, what, what's gone wrong and what do we need to do to urgently fix it? Well, and not only that, I mean, we have the lowest average full-time adult weekly earnings, let's face it, in Tasmania, don't we? Yeah, no, we, we are. And the, again, that is linked mm. to insecure work because... Most or, or, or many, not most, many insecure jobs are in industries that are low paid and that desperately need, um, you know, a, a lift in wages. And I use looking at Tasmania, our biggest uh, industry, employing industry, is healthcare and social services. And included in that, of course, is aged care and disability care, big sectors. And we know the problems. We've had twenty-something reports and a royal commission. Oh into aged care in particular, which has said you need to lift wages in this highly, you know, women-dominated Absolutely. sector. You need to give job security so they can give quality care. Mm. And we haven't seen that. We have not seen that, and that's a disgrace. Well, Jessica, what has Unions Tasmania recommended in its budget submission? So we, the budget submission that we, are, um, that we put in is to the state government, and I, I want to be clear with your listeners that actually there is things a state government can do and things a federal government can do, and that they should mm. be looking at this um, in you know upcoming for the, for the federal for the Morrison government the election. But we have said to the state government, you can do lots of things as the Tasmanian government because firstly you can improve job security in your own workforce, and if people think that you know the public sector is a bastion of secure work 
um, it is not the case anymore and there's some really worrying things happening with the state government uh, employing um, and advertising for insecure jobs when they should be leading. They should be saying to the private sector, this is how you provide secure jobs. They should be using mm. their opportunities um, as a procurer of goods and services to say we're actually going to contract with companies that provide good wages and secure work. That would make a huge difference. That's a huge lever. Regulating labour hire companies. Regulating labour hire companies. It is it is just outrageous that you mm. can have two people sitting side by side in an organisation and one of them's working for a labour hire company and being paid so much less. And in many cases not being paid legally. So there are a number of states and territories that have moved on regulating or licensing labour hire firms to make sure they have to report that the workers that they are employing are not being ripped off, especially vulnerable workers like migrant workers who are often you know, hugely exploited. And we've, we've seen that here in Tasmania. Um, we've constantly said to the government, you need to inquire into wage theft and you need to look mm. at you know, legislating that problem here because that the, the biggest victims of uh, wage theft, funnily enough, or not funny at all, is people in insecure, low-paid work, the people who can least afford it. And a basic principle of our work is you get paid legally for your labour. And do we often hear reports of how many businesses have had to pay back um, certain employees uh, that they've had on a casual basis for such a long time and can, well, adds up to millions once they get caught out? Oh, look, and that's it. like that is the tip of the iceberg. The story that makes the newspaper or the media is the big one. Mm. But what about all of those workers? And we hear heartbreaking stories all the time who don't have the power, who are on their own, who, you know, who are afraid to pursue instances of wage theft because they're casual and they worry if they ask for that money back, they just won't get any shifts anymore. And they won't have a right to unfair dismissal because the boss is not going to say, you know, oh, we're sacking you because you're after that. You pay. They just stop giving casual workers shifts and they don't have recourse. Uh, this is not the balanced industrial relations system that our country was built on. It's not the sort of system that, you know, my parents who, um, you know, had a, the benefit of a secure job um, when I was growing up and you get to see that. Now I look at that and I think we need to rebuild that security for this generation and the next generation of workers coming through. I know, um, you know, learning more in schools too should be important. I'd, also, I was reading you uh, wish to establish a portable long service leave scheme which would travel across a worker's various employers as they shift the jobs over time for the community services, cleaning, security and other contracting sectors. Yeah, we think this is a this is a really important uh, important thing, and it's not yeah. without precedent. We have a portable long service leave in the construction industry, for example, in Tasmania. Um, you know, acknowledging that often workers can work in construction, you know, their entire life, um, but they might work on certain projects or certain jobs, and so that that portable long service leave system was set up so that they could access a long service leave entitlement. We often have the same thing happening in community services, cleaning and security. That's why we've particularly called out those sectors. But also, um, companies shut down and another one springs back up or they switch over and those workers who were maybe very close to achieving their long service leave start all over again. Um, and so we think a portable long service leave scheme that covers those industries where contracting is rife and where workers through no fault of their own missed out on long service leave despite working in an industry for decades um, would be a really good thing for them. I thought the uh, Premier State of the State address was uh, quite uh, good 
for the majority, in my opinion. Was there anything much there that impressed you? Um, look, you know, they're not... I was looking for this stuff, um, Mike. I was looking for yeah. him to say something about wages or cost of living or or job security. Um, and I just think it, it really missed the mark in, in that respect because, you know, I don't know how you can talk about economic recovery without those things and our government really likes to champion things like oh the comsec report says that our gdp was this number blah blah uh, isn't that amazing I, I speak to lots of workers they've never raised the comsec report with me but i tell you what they have raised how much they're getting paid against how much everything's going up so let's actually dig deeper like let's, let's look and see if the gains are being realised by the majority of Tasmanians. And I don't think they are. I think well, that gap... I think, though, Jessica, would you, would you have to agree you've got more chance of getting things um, across, even though you are, you know, the union with the Liberal government, you are with the Labor government in the state at the moment? Oh, look, we, we work with any government that is prepared to work for workers. Um, and so, you know, I, w- I will say that the Gutwin government... Um, particularly early on in uh, the COVID pandemic, um, we had a open dialogue with them. Um, and it was, I think, an opportunity at the time to show that you can put down, you know, what people might see as traditional disagreements um, mm. when there is a common problem. And we would like the government to work with us in the same way on, on this problem, because I'm sure that they can see that insecure work and low wages isn't serving Tasmanian workers or businesses well. And I think there are those opportunities to, to do uh, those things where we, we do have agreement on the problem. Well, um, Premier and Treasurer Peter Gutman is delivering the budget May 26. So it'll be very interesting. Jessica, good to talk to you. Jessica Monday, C Secretary of Unions Tasmania, and I'm sure we'll have a chat in the near future. Thanks, Mike. Good to talk to you. And if you have a comment on that in any way, please feel free. one 1012 text 0-4-4-8-30-10-12 with Tasmania Talk. Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9.